The great, I think one of the great, maybe the great challenge of being a Christian and walking with Jesus are the faith tests that he puts us through. In essence, all of us start that way, right? You know, that, that's the, our entrance into the kingdom of God. The, 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 the moment we bow our knee to Jesus as Lord, that's the first, right? It's that moment where we say, I believe Jesus so much that I'm going to put my life on it. Right? That, that's where it starts, but, but it doesn't end there. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's the first time. But God keeps stepping in and testing our faith over and over and over and over again. This is the life that we live as a Christian. You know, I, I think sometimes we think, you know, oh, I just make that first step and then it's done and it's great and everything's there, right? But no, it, it, we step in and then there's still work to be done. You know, we have this amazing reality of this positional salvation, positional holiness, yet we still want to work that out in our life. We start with this saying that, God, I want everything to be trusting. I want to put everything on you. I want to trust you for every aspect of my life. But the reality is, at that beginning, we don't fully yet. We don't even fully understand what that means yet. And so God tests us throughout our life. We come to these moments where God places before us, if you will, a why in the road. And we have to make a decision. He calls us one direction, but <laughs> everything in us, you know, the, the things that we've, we've been clinging to, the things that we put our hope in, the things that we trust already, that's the other way. And, and we want to stay there because it's a comfortable place to be. We want to stay. I mean, this is working, right? And then God shows up and says, choose. Continue on the path you're on. Continue to trust in the things of this world, in yourself, in others. But I'm calling you to trust me. You know, every test of faith really boils down to one question. Do you trust yourself? Or do you trust Jesus? Every faith test, that's what it's about. We see in the life of Abraham, he certainly endured some faith tests. Certainly we see uh, in, in the story that we get in scripture at the beginning of his story, at least at 75 years old, this call from God, the first faith test, if you will, in Abraham's recorded history. Leave the land, leave your family, and follow me to the land. I'll show you. The first faith test. Now, Abraham, he took the leap, right? He saw the why in the road, and he said, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to trust my family. 
I'm not going to trust the, the cultural norms of the day which say, no, you know, you stay in this certain region, right? You live there your whole life and you have family around you and you trust and you put faith in your family to bring security. He, he, he said no to all of that. He let it all go and said, all right, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to go to the land that you're leading me to. I'm going to trust you. Amazing, right? This is, this is the life of Abraham. <laughs> but the amazing thing is that God steps in, and in chapter 21, he actually finally fulfills the promise to Abraham. The promise of a son. <laughs> Beautiful, right? So good. Uh, the, the, the thing that he'd been waiting for, for so long, the thing that he tried to do on his own for so long, now it finally happens. After 25 years of wandering and wondering, of being impatient with God, of trying to help God out, of vacillating back and forth in his trust, God's faithfulness is proven in the freshly birthed cries of Abraham and Sarah's son, Isaac. Through an unbelievable and world-altering miracle, God sparked life in the womb of the worn-out wife of Abraham. And shockingly, Sarah brought forth the son of promise. <laughs> It wasn't long after that, 15, maybe 20 years, that God tests Abraham once again. <laughs> you know, the first test was a test of letting go. You know, you got your land, you got your family, you got all these things. Let go of those past dependencies. Let go of those traditional dependencies. And follow me. That was, that was the first test. But this test here at the end of his life that we're going to read about in a moment is the test about letting go of his dreams. Letting go of tomorrow. Letting go of the future. Genesis chapter 22 After these things, God tested. Abraham. Just sit that for a moment, sit in that for a moment. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. <laughs> then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship 
and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood. (laughs) But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham, Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. When they came to a place of which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have, surely, uh, and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies and in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now after that, things... You know, I'm going to stop there, sorry. What a story. What a challenge, what a test. We need to understand, again, that God tests us. There are too many of us, I think, that get so surprised when God's tests show up. Wait a second, God. Why do I got to give up that? I I, I mean, I really like that. Can I have that and you? I mean, come on. What what is up with this, right? There's too many of us that that, that get surprised and are shocked that God actually knows the things that we're trusting, that we're leaning on. We haven't really said it out loud. I mean, I'm not really doing that, right? No, no. He knows. He knows what's going on in our mind. He knows what's going on in our heart. God is a God who will test our faith. We should get used to that. We should embrace it. It is a reality of being a follower of Christ. We should expect that our worldly addictions will someday be challenged by God. Understanding, though, that faith tests are not punishments but blessings 
We can sometimes think that, you know, God steps in and tests our faith and says, hey, you need to give up this thing. You need to let this thing go. You need to stop doing what you're doing and continuing to go back to that. And you need to let go of that and come to me. We think that's a punishment. Like God is like, I am just, you know, he just wants to ruin our fun. Like he just doesn't like us that much and said, oh, wait a second. You guys are, things are going too smoothly. I need to step in and ruin things and mess things up a bit. Or he thinks, that, oh, well, you know, they're not really following me, so I need to step in there and make, you know, make a mess of their life right now because this is not, you know, this is not a punishment. When God comes and tests our faith, it is always for our blessing. We don't have to go, oh, my gosh, what did I do wrong, God? No, no, no. God is coming to you to reveal and to ask, reveal what we're putting our faith in and ask us to put our faith in him instead. The other amazing reality is that faith tests are motivated by God's love for us. Again, it's not about punishment. He's not trying to ruin our life. He's not trying to mess up the fun that we're having. It's not that he's like jealous because we've got, you know, this comfort zone. No, he is a jealous God indeed. But he's not jealous like we humans are Our Our jealousy is always based in selfishness, that this person has something that I need, and it's threatened by someone else coming into their life. But this is not how God operates. He is a jealous God, but he's a jealous God because of his love for us. Once we are his, he's like, no, no one else can have him. This is my child. I'm going to fight for this child till the very end. I will not let them just go and and put their trust and faith in things that are going to disappoint them, that are going to fail them. No, I want them to trust me because I am the only one who can satisfy. We have a God who tests us indeed, and it's difficult when he does, but he does it because of his love for us. He's not willing to let us just flounder. He's not willing to let us to spend our whole lives putting our trust and faith in ourselves or things of this world. He says, no, there's something better out there, and it's me. And so he steps in, and he challenges us. He steps in, and he tests our faith. He confronts the idols in our life. God knows that we can only experience true freedom and abundance when we are totally dependent on him. So he exposes our idols, the things that we are putting our hope in, and then calls us to let them go because he knows they're holding us back. He wants so much for us so much more for us than what the world has to offer. But the only way to enjoy what he has is to lean wholly on him. God won't let Abraham put his faith and hope in the promised son, Isaac. And so he challenges Abraham He says, Abraham, wait, what are you doing? No, no. It says right at the beginning of this chapter, God tested Abraham. 
It's as if God's saying, Abraham, I, it feels like you're putting your hope into Isaac. Like, like this is all of your future is found in Isaac and all your attention is on him, that, that he is your hope for a legacy, that he is your hope for people to know your name someday, that, that he is the one that all of those promises are found in. And so God says, hey, I love you too much to let you continue to think that way. So Abraham, I want you to take your son and sacrifice him. Anybody remember taking a test in high school or school at some point, right? College, right? Maybe college is more apropos, right? You know, college is a little more stress. Tests are stressful, right? I mean, some people like to take tests. Some people don't, right? Um, you know, I never, like, really cared about tests. Um, not because I was really good at them, but just because, eh, whatever. You know, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but tests, right? I mean, tests can create a lot of anxiety in us. Can create a lot of stress for us. And that's because tests are testing our strengths and weaknesses. Do we know the information, right? Are we able to recall the information? Or, you know, physical tests, you know, are we strong enough to make it through? Like, can we, can we, can we do it, right? You know, so tests can create a lot of tension, a lot of stress in our life. And oftentimes, this is exactly how we view faith tests. It's a test, and we, we start to get all nervous, right? We go, oh my God, I know God's testing me. God, you're, why are you testing me? What are you doing? And we're kinda like, we start to freak out. Like, what if I fail? I don't want to fail the test, right? Because if I fail the test, like, what's God going to do, right? And, and sometimes we think that, like, oh my gosh, the faith test is this, like, horrible thing that, you know, we freak out because if we fail it, we feel like God is now going to be disappointed with us and he's going to leave us. Like, maybe, you know, now, man, I yeah, maybe I'm not going to get the usual blessings that I have been getting, right? But this is not a faith test. Faith test is not about testing our ability. It's about testing God's ability. A, a faith test is not about us, you know, uh, uh, figuring it out or figuring out how to do it on our own. Like, you know, sometimes we think, okay, the faith test comes and God says, all right, I want you to let go of this worldly coping mechanism and just trust me. And we think, oh my gosh, that means I, I have to figure out how to live without my coping mechanism. I don't think I can do that. And we start freaking out, right? Because I'm going to fail. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go back to my coping mechanism. I know I am. And, we, and this is the perspective. But God is saying, no, 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 wait a second. I am not asking you to be able to survive and make it through life without your coping mechanism. What I am telling you is I want you to trust that I am strong enough to be able to empower you to be able to survive without your coping mechanism. The test is not on us. The test is on him. It's not our ability. It's his ability. God, every time he tests our faith, is saying, hey, look, I'm a faithful God. Test me. Test my faithfulness. Let go. Let go of the thing that you're hanging on to and trust me and you will find that I am trustworthy. That I am faithful. That I won't let you go. 
He won't fail. Faith tests are not testing if we're gifted enough. They're not testing our holiness or our righteousness. They're testing God's ability to provide and to come through for us. They're testing God's faithfulness to his children. A test of faith for us is only simply this. How much do we really trust Jesus? The one who is really on the spot in a faith test is God. He's the one who has to come through. He's the active one whose ability is being put to the test. He steps into our life, asks us to let go of the things of the world we're leaning on and lean on him instead. He's saying to us, trust me, I've got you and I can care for you better than the things of this world can. Come on, give me a try. So when I was uh, six or seven years old, my mom signed me up for swimming lessons. Um, now, I grew up in western Washington. Uh, now, <clears throat> western Washington does not have California beaches. Surprise, I know, it's shocking. Uh, doesn't have the warmth that you know, Bob was talking about earlier today at uh, 8 a.m. Uh, and it doesn't have pools in the backyard. Okay, that's not Washington. That's not Western Washington, at least. Okay, uh, matter of fact, if you are, if you are, if you are wet in Western Washington, it's because you're out trying to hook a fish. Your boat has capsized. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> you are taking a shower, or a bath, or it's one of the 300 plus days a year that it's raining. <laughs> You know, Washington, Western Washington people don't swim for the most part. Like, that's not like a fun thing to do. Because if you're going to do it, generally, you've got to go to a pool, like an indoor pool, because they don't have outdoor pools in Western Washington. So it's, it's just it's crazy. So my mom, she, she, puts, she signs me up, like six, seven years old, for um, swimming lessons. Uh, and, you know, I particularly have a, an especially um, acute hatred for rain and water in general. Um, uh, I, I, I do not like to swim. Uh, I do not like to be in the water. Uh, I do not like rain. I do not like mushy. I don't like to be dirty. I don't like water, okay? <clears throat> so, um, and this isn't something that came to me later in life. This was early in life. Uh, so my mom, she says, ah, we're going to teach him how to swim. So I'm like, swimming lessons? Are you seriously? So uh, at the YMCA, indoor pool, right? And so this uh, nice uh, uh, college-age young lady uh, is, you know, the, the instructor for the class and, and spends three months trying to teach me and about 15 other kids how to survive water. Um, and... Uh, and I remember like the first, one of the first lessons, like, you know, she, like, she like made us like put our whole head under the water. 
like our whole head, like the whole thing. Like I got ear, well, you know, water in my ears and everything. And it was just like horrible. Like I was like, what are you doing? And then like the next week, she's like, she's got us kicking our legs while like I am like clinging to the concrete side of the, you know, the pool, right? Because it's like, ah, what are you doing? You're trying to kill me, right? So this goes on for like 12 weeks, right? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do, right? And so finally it's the last class and I, and I remember I show up to class and I'm kind of like going, yeah, you know, finally I made it through. This is the last class. I don't have to do this anymore. And I'm like, why did mom and dad torture me like this? This is crazy. And so I get in and I, and I crawl into the pool and, and, you know, the old hag who's been instructing us this whole time, <laughs> she says to us, it's like, um, <clears throat> so today is graduation day. And in order to graduate, you need to go up onto the high dive, jump off the diving board and swim to the side of the pool. And I'm like going, what? Are you serious? And the worst part is, if you don't graduate, we'll see you next week. Right? And I'm like, no, right? Oh, my gosh. I was just freaking out. So, I don't know. I'm on the board for, it really it had to have been at least 10 minutes. At least 10 minutes. And I'm on this board, and, and I'm just looking down. And, and now it's like totally affirmed that I can see the horns protruding out of this uh, instructor. Definitely from the devil. Uh, this is an evil person. And, and she's like, come on, jump. Come on, you can do it. I'm here. Trust me. I'll help you. If you... I'm like, I'm going to trust you. Seriously. Like you're probably going to dump me under the water, right? I'm going to drown. I'm going to die. And if not, I'm at least going to have so much water in my ears that it's going to take weeks to get it out. Right? <laughs> so anyway, believe it or not, somehow, and I don't know how I did eventually jump. And I remember coming out of the I, just, I remember coming out of the water like in like dead panic. Like you know they tell you, you know, like if someone is you know struggling to swim right, oftentimes you're like you know we're gonna stay away from them because they'll drag you down right. No, it's a good thing I was only six years old because I was in dead on panic coming out of the water and I just threw my arms around the instructor's neck and I'm just like like this, and she is like smiling okay, here we go. And she starts, and she swims me to the side of the pool. And I remember even right before I got to the edge, like she's like, had somehow convinced me to at least put one arm out and kind of do some paddling, right? <laughs> I think she just wanted to somehow be able to say, oh yeah, he, he passed. <laughs> Get that kid out of here. Um, anyway, uh, and so I passed this class, but isn't this a great illustration, I think, for our faith tests? You know, God, uh, he brings us to the edge of that diving board. And he says, you got to let go of the things that you've been holding on to, the, the things that are stable, the things that are concrete, the things that are there that you've relied on for a long time. And he's down in the pool, and it's just, it's watery, you know, like death down there. And Jesus is there, and he's like, come on, you can do it. I've, I've got you. Trust me. And sometimes, you know, I, th I think about, you know, Abraham. Sometimes God tests us with things that you like go, this is like impossible. I mean, it's shocking. You want Abraham to sacrifice his son? And so we can look at, sometimes we look at Jesus. Now, I don't think I can trust you. I can't believe what you're telling me to give up. There's no way I could give that up. I can't believe, no way. Are you really on my side? So he asks us though, to take that step, step off the board, to trust him. 
But we have to understand the faith test, again, is not a test of whether we can swim or not. It is a test whether Jesus can save us or not. Just like my instructor swam me to the side. I didn't swim to the side. (laughs) The test is not in our ability to make it to the edge, to figure it out, or to be able. It's a test of God's ability, his love, his provision. The only question we have to answer is, do we trust him? Every faith test demands just one action. Jump. But it's not a jump into nothingness. It's not a jump into the mysterious unknown. It's a jump to Jesus. God will not let us drown. He will not let us down. He will always be there. He is willing. He is able. He is faithful. He will always provide exactly what we need, and he will never fail. One of the amazing things I think about this story in in the life of Abraham is that it's obvious that God has developed his faith already. I mean, Abraham doesn't even seem to be shocked by this request of God. God tells him, hey, I want you to sacrifice your son. He gets up the next morning, grabs a donkey, gets the wood, gets some people together, grabs a son, says, let's go. And then he heads a three-day journey, like walking along, doing their thing. I mean, there's no, like, there's no hesitation. Then he gets there and he's like, hey, young men, I just want you to know that Isaac and I, we're going to go up on that hill, we're going to worship, and then we will come back to you. Notice it's both. Like he knows, like there's no doubt. Like he, he, he knows God's got this. He knows God's going to figure it out. Even when Isaac asked him, like, hey, dad, where's the sacrifice? We're going to worship, right? That means we have to sacrifice. There's got to be a sacrifice. That's what we did in worship. Where's the sacrifice? And Abraham, without missing a beat again, just like, hey, you know what? God's going to provide. It's all right. Abraham, after living a life of being tested by God, has come to a point where his faith is strong. And even when God asks him to do something out of this world, unbelievable, he doesn't hesitate. (laughs) By this time, In Abraham's life, he so trusts God that the promises he's made to him and has so about the promises he's made to him and and has so thoroughly let go of his own understanding that he's immediately ready to do whatever God says. This is what strong faith looks like. On the outside, it might be quite messy and may not even seem very holy. But a strong faith is not about us being good. It's about Jesus being good. A strong faith is not built by us being more and more able. It is built by God proving over and over again that he is able. 
A strong face, faith <laughs> is for those who choose to trust that Jesus loves us and is always working for our good. Amen? Amen. So how about you? How strong is your faith? The thing that strikes me about this, if we really understand what faith tests are, that they're motivated by God's love, that they're not about punishment, and they're also not about, you know, a uh, success and failure. When we understand who God is, I come away from this passage thinking like, God, test me. Are you willing to pray that prayer? You know, so often we just kind of want to, maybe because of a false perspective, we want to just like make it as long as we can before the next test comes. Like, oh man, it'd be great. I'm going to keep going. One more day, yeah. Oh no, shoot, there it is. Okay, well, 44 days without a test. You know, I mean, got to put that back to zero. God tested me again. I mean, whatever, right? It's like, no, like, can we recognize that God's tests are for our good? that we would have a strong faith like Abraham, which only comes because we've been tested over and over again and we've taken the jump over and over again and God has proven himself faithful over and over again. Worship team, come on up. Close our service with song or two. As we sing these last couple songs, let me uh, ask you <laughs> to think through, take some time as you're proclaiming these words of praise to God to reflect on whether it's time for you to ask Jesus for the next test. But although, but maybe there's many of you in here already who feel like you're already in the next test. And if that's you, then let me encourage you to spend this time just saying, God, give me courage. The courage to step off the diving board, to trust you, and get to experience more fully your amazing faithfulness. Amen. All right, church, let's stand and sing a couple songs together. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you are faithful, that you always come through, that you will never let us down, Lord. The only way that we can build and strengthen our faith and trust in you is for it to be tested. So, Lord, we do ask you to test our faith, but, Lord, we also ask that you would help us in those moments. Help us to let go of the things that we're leaning on, trusting in, putting our hope in. Give us the courage. Give us the the strength to let go, but also, Lord, once again, just prove your faithfulness to, to us when we do. Lord, we know that you are a Savior. We believe that in our hearts and in our minds, but Lord, we don't always live it out. So Lord, help us to live, live in that freedom, live in that joy, live in that excitement. The great adventure of following Jesus is so great because we never know what's going to come next. And it's always 
always for our good, for our blessing, and with eternity in mind, with excitement for all that's going to come someday. Lord, thank you for who you are, for your deep love for us, and your amazing provision. Psalm 34, verse 4 and following, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, if you'd like prayer this morning, we'd encourage you to come forward to receive prayer. We'd love to pray for you. Have a great Sunday afternoon, and we'll see you in the amphitheater next week.